0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall. And as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. And Joe, there seems to be a ton of discussion and focus on Flyers prospects right now. And that is probably a byproduct of a team that's in a rebuild. Uh, The future kind of comes to the forefront. And right now, it seems to be everyone talking prospects. And it reminds me a little bit of 2017-18, Joe, when the Flyers had four first-round picks over those two drafts. They got Nolan Patrick and Morgan Frost, and then Joel Farabee and Jay O'Brien in 18, and then Carter Hart was just starting to kind of sniff the NHL, and there was just a lot of talk about the youth of the organization. And That's what it kind of reminds me of right now. I'm not sure I've seen it, this much discussion about prospects since then. So we figured – Let's look at the top five prospects in our eyes in the organization. So we'll go from five to one, Joe, and hammer them off. I'm eager to hear what you have. Let's start with number five.
1: I'm going to go with defenseman um, Emil Andre. And um, this is where I kind of – this is an area where the Flyers have to get better, and and it's player development. Um, He wasn't a first-round pick. 2020 draft. Now's the time where you need to see them develop a player like this. And – when you look at the Flyers' defense core, they need some youth in there. Um, they just tra- signed Travis Sandheim to a big deal. Um, Ristolainen is a guy in the middle of his career. Uh, York is obviously what they hope to be the cornerstone of the defense core. They need another guy. And I'm not sure that anybody that they've – I'm not sure that Zamola or um, – Adderd have have really they haven't really jumped out at you they've maybe shown they can play third pair something like that but I don't think none of them have those two guys haven't jumped out at you like wow this guy they haven't wowed anybody and I think the the Flyers need a guy that is pushing for one of the top four spots and I think Andre can develop into that um so I he's I would say number five, and I feel like part of my the reason I have him in number five is because I want to see the Flyers develop a player um, that's not like your um, first round pick. You know, because a first round pick comes with the expectation this guy's going to turn into a player, regardless. But the teams that win the Stanley Cup are the ones that find the later round picks and they develop them into great players. And I feel like that's what the Flyers need to do. They need to do it with a defenseman. So I'm going to go with Andre for the for my number five.
0: That's a good one. And the Flyers have long needed some type of homegrown, long term stability on the back end. They have not had that in a while. Um, they've been looking for it, and I think a lot of people would agree. The perennial contenders build from the back to the front. And they do it with homegrown talent. And we just have not right. seen the father. And they tried
1: to do, Hextall tried to do that when yep. Ron Hextall was here with Provorov and with Sanheim. And I'm not saying that those guys are not good players. But Provorov obviously is now gone. And Sanheim, I, I don't know. Like, there's just, feels like there's always this cloud over him. Like, when's he going to take that next step? And you'll see glimpses of the next step. And then you kind of still see this stuff that a young player, and we talked about this last year and the year before about how he needs to shed that young player sort of label and doing the things that the young player does. Um, And I'm not sure he's totally done that yet. He did it for stretches of the last two seasons, but not totally. And, um, so that's why I think this new regime needs to develop defensemen, homegrown defensemen. And I think Andre is the, the most likely candidate. And I'm not, incl- not including Cam York in this because he needs – that needs to be a home run pick because he was a first-round pick and they passed on Cole Caulfield for him. And, you know, so in terms of a, a, a guy that they could develop, I'm going to go with Andre.
0: Yeah, and we're going to be looking at guys that haven't really established themselves at the NHL level yet. Uh, So Andre, a very good one that I think um, the organization is hoping he can become a foundation piece uh, on their back end. Joe, I'm going with Bobby Brink at number five. I think he's become a bit of a forgotten man because of last year and overcoming a torn labrum in his hip. He had surgery uh, late – in the off season before last year. So his season was cut in half and then he's playing catch up. So he was at the phantoms uh, for the most, most of the season. Uh, his numbers were okay, but he, he never really got back to the player that he was. I think now that he's healthy and he's had a summer where he can gain strength. He's going to be a guy to watch uh, just two years ago. He led the nation in scoring. He had a national championship to his name and he was making his NHL debut with the flyers. Uh, he's only 22. He's still young. Um, and a guy that can really play make thinks the game at a high level uh, and a second round pick in 2019. So uh, a guy that's big, be- I think has become forgotten a little bit, but a guy that fans will want to watch. I think he's going to be pushing for the flyers. And if he's not with the flyers to start the season, he will be down in Lehigh Valley. I think putting up points and kind of turning some heads. So I have Brink at number five.
1: Yeah. Um, this that's a player too, where uh, you mentioned he, he's kind of forgotten, but, the injury and and two years ago when he came up, it was kind of like let's see what we have. But Brink was a guy. I mean, they were. Su- Chuck Fletcher was very high on him when they drafted him, and uh, we only got to see a little bit of. And it was kind of. I, I would describe his minimal NHL experience as kind of nondescript when he came up. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that the Flyers also need to develop forwards that put up points and, and do it homegrown. I mean, um, so Konechny's a homegrown guy, but they don't – they haven't really had that either. They haven't really had the guy – I mean, which is, I guess, why we're having this conversation in the first place is that they don't have a lot of recent homegrown talent or on the front or the back, really. Yeah. Um And I mean, okay, so Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny, but you need, you need guys that can put up points and, uh, you know, Cam Atkinson in his thirties, it's not like he's going to be around forever. They need the next wave of guys after the Atkinsons, after the, I mean, Sean Couturier, the Flyers hope has still has a lot of years left, but. They need to look at the next wave of guys who are the next forwards that are going to come up. And, you know, Brink is a guy that they were high on, and they, I mean, they need him. They need him to develop.
0: We've talked a lot about the organization's talent efficiency, and I think they're hoping Brink can kind of take a chunk out of that uh, because he is a talented guy that can put up points, uh, can score a tinier kid, but I think has a second line ceiling, maybe a third line future, um, secondary scoring type and uh, just a real smart player uh, and a guy that I think will be worth watching. Joe. And if
1: anybody knows about a guy that can score when they're small is Danny Breer. Yeah. So I, I think that's a that's. If you having Briere there. The type of player he was the size he was I think that is a good thing for. Um, some of those guys because it, when you look around the league you have guys that are smaller that, are, that just score goals, and that's okay. It seems like for a while, this organization was not okay with the guy that just scores goals. And sometimes you need guys that just score goals. I mean, Alex Ovechkin just scores goals. I'm pretty sure the Caps are fine with that. No, he's a leader and and obviously an all-time great player, but really, like his the conversation about him starts and ends with goal scoring. It's okay to have players that... Are the, the primary focus is scoring goals. Yeah. Um, not saying Brink's going to be that, but he could. Yeah. And you have a guy like Danny Breer who really did that and did it at a similar size. So, you know, I think that that's, can only benefit.
0: Yeah, any small forwards in the organization, I think, are going to enjoy seeing Danny Breer's yep. general manager. Because mm-hmm. he's a guy that's been there, done it at that size. How about number four, Joe? What are you going? Yeah,
1: with? so number four, I'm actually going to go in. In my list, I have two guys from this draft, and I'm going to go with um with uh with Bonk here for number two because again, it's another defenseman. He is a first round pick, so there should be there's sort of an assumption that he sh- he's going to be a a. Good NHL player, but he's a lower first-round pick, so he needs some developing, and the Flyers need him to develop, again, because you need to look at the next wave. You need to look at the guys that are going to be playing with Cam York and with, you know, if Emil Andre comes up to... Like, that group of guys needs to develop. They need to develop two or three of those guys to be part of this defense core going forward. If they're going to do the things that Jonesy and Briere have talked about, they need these defensemen. And, and quite frankly, this team can't really afford to miss on a first round pick at this point. Um, You know, we've seen, I mean, Nolan Patrick was a different story because he was a really higher first round pick and injuries got in the way, but they can't afford to miss first round picks when you've, made clear that the primary focus is building through the draft and building within before you're signing free agents. I mean, there was really not much activity free agent wise. So you need to build within. And if you, if your primary focus is to build within you and you pick the defenseman in in the first round, he needs to develop. So I'm going to go with him.
0: And they're going to be patient with him. I think he's probably got two more years of junior hockey left before he even turns pro. And they're fine with that to tell you how much they like Oliver Bonk is They passed up on Gabe Perot to take him. Perot was a 132 point scorer, was one of the top scorers in that draft class, not named Connor Bernard, and they went with Bonk over him. So uh, they really like Bonk, and I think they realized they needed to address defense.
1: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is with Oliver Bonk is that he's got a pedigree with his father. And I think it's helpful that his father wasn't a superstar, but his father had a long career in the the league. So I don't think it's going to be this constant chase to live up to what your father did like. Wayne Gretzky like uh, one of like a few of Wayne Gre- or one of Wayne Gretzky's sons never did or you know in the NBA, in basketball Michael Jordan that is an impossible thing to live up to but when when it's a guy like Bonk his father was a good player who had a long career and so I think if you look around the league um like Adam Foote's son looks like he's off to a good start to his career and Foot was Foot was a better player than Radic Bonk still it's not, there's not this impossible legacy in front of you to live up to where somebody sees your last name and they say, oh, well, he's going to be a hall of famer. That's not, so I think that helps that you have the, the legacy and that extra help with your dad having played and can help you navigate your way through some of the things that your coaches and your, um, uh, you know, your GM, they're not going to necessarily help you with some of the NHL life things your father can help you with that. And it's not like you're constantly in the shadow of what he did. So I think that's going to be a big help too.
0: Yeah. Hockey blow lines definitely don't hurt. And if flyers fans are looking for a junior team to watch this season, London will be one. Uh, that's where Oliver Bonk's going to be playing. And so is Denver Barky, a flyers prospect that the team also drafted in this most recent class, a smaller uh, forward who can really score. So two Flyers prospects from this 2023 class will be in London playing there. So uh, they're in the OHL. Definitely a team that I think will be worth keeping tabs on. Joe, I'm going with Emil Andre at four. You had him at five. I am at at four. I think it's fair to argue if Andre is the best defensive prospect in the organization right now. And he was a huge minute guy uh, in the Swedish Elite League, which is the top pro league in Sweden. And that was at 21 years old. He played big minutes. He got better and better. Um, I've had multiple people tell me he reminds them of Kimo Timonen, and one of those people was is not in the Flyers organization. He's a coach elsewhere. So uh, to be compared to Kimo Timonen, that's high praise. Uh, small guy, competes his tail off, and he sees the ice. He can produce offensively. So I think Andre is going to be a guy that a lot of people have circled this year. Uh, he could flirt with the Flyers this season. Uh, he, he's expected to be with the Phantoms or the Flyers, it looks like he's definitely coming over here. He was at development camp and opened eyes. Brent Flair, the team's assistant GM, had a ton of good things to say about him. Thinks he's ready to play now, and he thinks John is going to like this kid. So Andre is a defenseman that I think is right now the the best prospect in the organization on the back end, Uh, so I have him at four.
1: So let me ask you this, because I'm curious, with a guy like Andre, if they have sort of like Laid out expectations similar to the ones we've laid out during this podcast, and they need a a, a fill in there's an injury or something like that where where in the past they Ronnie addered and we've seen you know eager Zamula and do you think that they would be apt to bring Andre up and get a few games under his belt, or do you think they would go with the guys who maybe like the addards or the guys that have been there and then just let Andre play out his uh, you you know consistently play with the Phantoms.
0: Yeah I think Andre's going to his opportunity with the Flyers I think will be a byproduct of some injuries or perhaps some things not going the Flyers way on the back end and maybe they want to start looking at some more kids later in the season. I think one way he'll force the hand is just by winning over John Tortorella and They're they're very high on him to the point where I think if he comes into camp and turns some heads, they'll make room for him because I thought we saw them do that last year where they made room for Zamola on the season opening roster and he was in the season opening lineup. They were eager to look at a kid there and Zamola got the call. I think they'll do the same. I think they're very much going to give opportunity to a kid if he proves he's ready. But at the same time, I think there's there's no rush, and he doesn't have a ton of uh, experience in the AHL. He only got a cup of coffee at the end of last year on the North American ice. So maybe I think in a perfect world, they have him start with the Phantoms,
1: right? And I think I mean we heard John Tortorella last year a lot of times. It was like he emphasized how important it was that these guys get to play. They get to play big minutes. They get to be in top roles, even if it is with the Phantoms over you know, coming up and playing a couple games and maybe sitting in the press box for like that doesn't seem what they seem like what they want to do with the guys that they really have their sights set on as being the core of the this team going forward. And so, you know, I that's an interesting approach because it's not been the approach in recent years for this team. I'll say I, I don't think it's been prior to John Tortorella being here. I don't think that's necessarily been their approach.
0: Yeah, if you're looking for maybe a dark horse uh, in camp, a guy that can maybe sneak up on people, I think Andre might be a good one because he very much, I think, is penciled to go to the Phantoms. Um, But a guy that's going to push, no doubt about it. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Joe, we're getting into that top three. Who do you have at number three? I'm going
1: to go with Cutter Gauthier at three because um, now we're getting to the point with some of the guys that we've seen. Now, Cutter Gauthier, not in the NHL, but we've seen his college games are ready, readily available, and he was a force on on that Boston College team. Um, showed some struggles You know, defensively, maybe in the in the the bigger games that he was involved in. But a young player is going to that's going to happen with a young player. And that also can be learned. But this guy can score. And uh, we talked earlier about guys that can score this guy. The Flyers not only can he the Flyers need him to be here in the near future and score that's what they need that's why they drafted him that's what he's shown and he needs to show it for the flyers so to me go that ha- that is that has to be a, a a can't miss prospect it has to be a, a a top six forward and really a big piece of this team going forward they had that has to be a hit
0: yeah they got him at number five in 2022 and top five picks you have to hit on you can't miss on those i think they've been really pleased with go chase you said probably has the overall game to learn but man he can score and he's done it at various levels uh world juniors world championships and at boston college uh he'll be there for a sophomore season i think we might see him at the end of this season if he signs his ELC.
1: yeah and we talked about this early i mean the nolan patrick pick and what that did and the the, the trickle-down effect for the next few years of missing on that pick. It really hurt. You don't over just overcome missing on a top-five pick. So you can't miss. This can't be a miss. I don't think it will be. Yeah. Um, so the sooner we see Cutter Gauthier in a Flyers uniform, the better.
0: Yeah. And speaking of offense uh, on the wing, uh, Gautier obviously he's playing center in college, but he could be a wing too. Uh, I'm going with Tyson Forrester at three, Joe. Uh, Might have the best shot in the organization, not just the prospect pipeline, but the organization. Uh, Really think it's up there. Uh, Had seven points in that eight-game audition last season. Opened the eyes of John Tortorella and others. Uh, I think he gave a nice little glimpse into the future last year at what he can do. And he fills just such a massive need, which is a shoot-first winger that the Flyers haven't had in a long time. Uh, A guy that can beat a goalie with no help. I think uh, the sky's the limit for Forrester. And I really think in-house organization feels super, super high on him. And among all these guys, he will also be pushing for the flyers. Like if, you know, he's not down the road, I think his time is starting to get closer and closer here at the pro level.
1: Yeah. And that kind of leads me into my number two is Perfect. Forrester. And and the the reason is because in his audition, He was almost a point-per-game guy. That is rare in 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 itself, that a guy comes up, has an audition like that, and starts to light up the score sheet right away. I mean, there's usually some sort of growing pains, and I'm sure there will be. We didn't see that when he first came up. And to me, that is why he's my number two, is because he already showed us what he can do. It was hard to interview John Tortorella at any point last year and have him not bring up that guy, Tyson Forrester's name, at least during the, the back half of the season. And then the, how Tortorella took care of him with the, let me send him down to play in the big playoff games with Lehigh Valley. I think that had its sights set on, set on like, do this this year because next year you're going to be up here this time that's what I saw. So that to me is why he's my number two is because I think John Tortorella with his plan last year and with this team's plan last year. And while, while the whole front office really wasn't in effect yet, the plan they ran through with Forrester last year to me, set the table for this year, him establishing his NHL role. If not at the beginning, at some point during this season, Forrester will become an NHL player. And once he's there, I'm not sure he's going back down.
0: No, I agree. And, He's got a little bit of a cockiness to him, and I mean it in a good way. He, it's a good cockiness. I've had people tell him he has a little bit of that uh, personality in him, and I think you need that as a first-round prospect. Uh, you need to have um, some confidence. Uh, you have to think you're better than others. I think he has a little bit of that, that in him. He's got some swagger, some flair for the dramatic. To me, what, when, what he did against the Wild last year when he during his call, up the Flyers are down one in the third period, and Forcer just snipes a goal past Marc-Andre Fleury. One of the better goalies in the game. And that to me, that's where like you're like, wow, that kid could be something. He just tied the game and the Flyers went on to win that game uh, purely because of him. Uh, just making something happen with his biggest strength. That's his shot. Uh, they didn't need a greasy goal. They didn't need someone battling in front of the net. He flat out just showed his biggest strength. And they went on to win that game. And you were thinking, hey, this is how this guy can impact this team.
1: And the two things you just said there, he sniped the goal and the Flyers didn't need somebody grinding in front. Yeah. In recent years, there's been way too much guys that grind out in front and there's not a whole lot else to their game. Like Wade Allison is the guy that comes to mind. Again, there's nothing wrong with guys that score goals. Yeah. That specialty is scoring goals. And... It certainly looks like Tyson Forrester is that guy that has, you know, not saying he doesn't have other skills, but that's his number one is scoring goals. And the Flyers need that. They need a lot of
0: it. They do. It's not a bad thing if that's your biggest strength. So Joe, we had them flip-flopped. I have Cutter Gauthier at number two. That was a tough call for me to to the two, three. Um, Just he was a stud at world juniors, a stud at the world championship, and he led Boston college in scoring as a freshman. Um, I think he's poised for a huge year as a sophomore. And I really think we could see him at the end of this season, depending on how the year goes for the Flyers. But a lot of people, I think most people do not have them in a playoff race when the calendar turns to 2024. And I think that means at the end of his college season, he will be signing that entry level deal and we could see his NHL debut. Uh, I just think Goche will be a guy that is must watch. If you can watch Boston college, uh, whenever they're on television or if you can stream the games, do it. I think or listen
1: capable. to Al Morgani on pre and post game because he likes to talk about any anyone yeah. from Boston. Yep. Go, there's plenty of hockey in Boston, and he he always talks about it. So,
0: <laughs> That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, and just he aced his first year as a Flyers prospect. I mean, literally did it at various levels. Um, and I know this summer, too, at the World Junior Showcase, uh, he dominated. So just a, a prospect that I think a lot of people are high on. Uh, national pundits are reala- realizing it as well. Uh, so Carter Gauthier have it number two leads us into number one. Who
1: do you got? And I think we're both going to have the same one here, but Matt Mishkov <laughs> yeah. uh, as number one. And here's why some of the things that were being, take all the, the, the Russia stuff in the contract that the, in the KHL and all that out of it. Does, some of the things that were being said about him when he got drafted since he's been drafted, Eric Lindros might be the last player that the flyers, had at the beginning of their career that was talked about like this. Yeah. Um, things like can't miss cornerstone of the franchise, you know the the key to the rebuild, all of that sort of stuff. When the Flyers got Eric Lindros in the the trade and the draft and the trade and the whole nonsense that went on there, they hadn't made the playoffs. In they had missed when they made the first time they made the playoffs with Lindros it, was, it had been a 5 year absence in the playoffs the situation seemed pretty familiar yeah. the way they required him is not familiar and he's not doesn't have the star power that Lindros had um, because he, he plays in russia so it's you know not everybody knows what goes on in the KHL all the time and you really have to be a fanatical hockey person to know that stuff but in terms of the skills I Lindros is the last guy that they've taken that has been talked about this way and um he has to be their number one prospect there's just no way around it
0: yeah no I haven't met one. and for me what what sold me on number one was when Danny Briere said at the draft that the Flyers have no one like this kid in the organization and uh that tells me he's a different type of talent and he's clearly the top prospect in their pipeline uh, and for good reason I think there's a ton of hype around Mishkov Joe I think people are going to try to find his games via live stream in Russia and they're going to watch him a ton and if they don't watch him I think they're going to see their his highlights probably circulate Twitter and YouTube and uh People are always going to be on his elite prospects page just seeing what he's doing numbers wise.
1: It also seemed that, that there was a lot of chatter that that if he didn't have the Russia situation, that he could have been like 1A to Bedard. Yeah. Um, you hear a little bit of that stuff. I mean, if he's anywhere like close to that, I mean, the I think the Flyers think that they got a steal, yeah. getting him where they got him. And the other thing you're gonna have is Fans and people trying to figure out a way he can get here quicker than three years or, you know, whatever the years may be, because you've heard every time I talk to anybody about this guy, it's all about well I think he'll be here after this many years. I think he'll be here after everybody wants to know when's the first time he's going to be here and so they can see him. So um, I think it's been a while since the fan base and the team have been excited about a player like they're excited about this player from the jump and it's good to see so he has to be their number one prospect um, and has to live up to that billing really.
0: Yeah, if you're going to take him at number seven overall uh, like we've talked about hitting on picks and there was some risk involved. That's why Mishkov fell to number seven is because there was risk involved uh, but for a team like the Flyers, they felt like that risk was worth the potential reward. I mean, he's touted as game breaking and and franchise altering uh so we'll see how he develops over in russia how the relationship with the flyers uh how that goes over the next three years as it's projected that he could be there for three seasons in the KHO, the contract that he signed uh but when he gets here i think and if he gets here uh there's excitement uh that he's a top-end talent uh and i think people felt I think the consensus with the Flyers needed to take a swing on talent. Uh, they need more talent like that in the organization. Uh, that's part of rebuilding is you can't get middle-of-the-road talent. You need to get high-end talent, and he's he's high-end.
1: Yeah, and, and what you just said there, franchise-altering. When is the last time you heard that about a player? We didn't hear it about Nolan Patrick. No. Um, I mean, when you talk franchise-altering, the players you're thinking are like Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid – Um, I mean, I mentioned Lindros, uh, a Sidney Crosby, like that's not a label that's given to a lot of players. And I don't think it's a lot of labels become overused. I don't think that one has particularly been overused and it's being used about this kid. So um, remains to be seen. But anytime you hear that, um, we might look back on this and wonder how the flyers got him at seven. Uh, Hopefully we do. Yeah. And, You know, so the circumstances and again, taking a chance on talent because teams that win, they win because they take chances on certain guys. And this is one of them. And the Flyers hope it pans out.
0: Yeah. And uh, the Flyers will definitely be keeping tabs on Mishkov and seeing how he's doing. And I'm sure they're going to be excited about him uh, if he's playing well over there in the KHL, Russia's top pro league. Uh, And I think there's a a decent amount of excitement and buzz about Flyers prospects. So we'll continue to cover them uh, throughout this Flyers rebuild. Uh, All these kids I think are going to be worth keeping tabs on. Some we might see in a Flyers jersey soon, some down the road, but uh, we'll have it all covered on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com and on Flyers Talk Podcast. Joe, thank you so much. Fun to talk prospects in August. Before you know it, it'll be September and training camp will be here and we'll be talking about the big club. But thank you so much. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Ben Barry, our podcast producer, a big thank you to him as well. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.